Support comes from Bellingham's Whatcom Museum with its historic Hall of Birds. On May 31st and June 1st, hosting bird taxidermist and museum preservationist Alice Markham for a weekend of events and workshops. Details and tickets at whatcommuseum.org. Support comes from Pacific Science Center, working to inspire the next generation of scientists and increase access to STEM education statewide through digital discovery workshops, science on wheels, and summer camps. More ways to support these efforts at PACSci.org. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Thursday. This is Seattle Now. Stock up on the soup or whatever keeps you warm and cozy and maybe tuck in for the weekend. The region is in for an unusually cold spell of weather. There's plenty of years where we don't even go a single day with a high below freezing. And this is looking like, you know, three days in a row. So it's pretty darn noteworthy. In a minute, we'll talk with the Seattle Weather Blog's Justin Shaw about the potential for snow this weekend. Plus, we'll hear from people caring for our city's most vulnerable. But first... Let's get you caught up. A big sea change for the Hawks after 14 seasons as head coach Pete Carroll is moving to an advisory role with the team. It was amicable, according to a statement, and the now former coach was gracious and emotional during an afternoon news conference. Pete Carroll is the winningest coach in Seahawks history, and he said he loved every minute of it. While the NTSB investigates a horrifying mid-air blowout, Alaska Airlines has canceled all flights on its 737-9 MAX planes through Saturday, as many as 150 flights a day. Lots of passengers will need to be rebooked. The airline says it hopes the action provides guests with more certainty following the terrifying event. The Washington Post reports that passengers aboard Flight 1282 received an apology, a full refund for the aborted flight, and $1,500. And layoffs are coming from multiple entertainment businesses under the Amazon blanket. Live streaming website Twitch is cutting more than 500 jobs. Prime Video and MGM Studios are making several hundred workforce cuts, according to GeekWire. This is another in a long series of layoffs for Amazon. The company has been cutting costs and trimming its workforce for more than a year. The weather has been all over the place lately. We just wrapped up the warmest December on record, but this week the Cascades were hit by blizzards. Now we're talking about the potential for snow and the certainty of freezing temperatures for Seattle. That's meant a busy week for Arlene Hampton. She oversees the emergency cold weather shelters in Soto and at the Seattle Center, operated by the Salvation Army. Arlene and her team spent the week gathering supplies to help unsheltered people and their pets survive the cold snap. Things to keep everyone warm, so we have some special blankets that are used to help just keep, you know, body heat in, getting any other supplies that may be needed, such as Narcan, um, and then, of course, food um, and water. 300 people can take shelter at the Salvation Army locations. We'll drop a link to resources in the show notes for anyone who needs a place to wait out the cold. Arlene says it's better to be prepared than get caught in a bad situation. Last year taught us a lesson, you know, when we had this big ice freeze over, which none of us were prepared for, right? And we, we hope for the best and we plan for the worst. 
Predicting the weather around here is particularly challenging. We're still not sure if or how much it might snow in Seattle this weekend. Justin Shaw is here to talk through the forecast with us and why we're having weather whiplash. He's the author of the Seattle Weather Blog. Hey, Justin. Hi, Patricia. Thanks for having me on. Sure, you know, it's bad when Justin's coming on to explain the weather. We have some explaining <laughs> to do. We are talking Wednesday afternoon, and while we'll definitely be cold this weekend, the chance for snow has been going up and down all week. Tell me what the forecast looks like right now as of Wednesday. Sometime on Thursday, um, there's going to be an Arctic front that moves south out of British Columbia. It'll probably interact with a little bit of warmer air over the sound. That could give us, you know, pockets of snow. I mean, it's probably not going to be much. It might be one of those situations where sort of a rain snow shower for 10 minutes, it whitens the bark, you get all excited, and then it it goes away. So it probably won't amount to much um, besides you know, eye candy for people like me who, who like the snow. And then the bigger question mark has really been what happens over the weekend. So there's a storm it's going to track down the coast. And earlier, um, weather models were thinking that this, this area of low pressure would, you know, track right through the mouth of the Columbia River, which is the ideal situation, if you like, if you're pro-snow for uh, getting snow up into Seattle. But as of Wednesday, um, these model runs have that low pressure going much further south, like almost to the Oregon-California border. So what once looked like, you know, six plus inches of snow in Seattle on Saturday now looks like six plus inches of snow in Portland on Saturday and just scraps in Seattle. Okay, it sounds like you're setting up snow lovers to be disappointed by this cold snap we're going to have, but... I know there's two models we work off of, and they don't always agree. So how certain can we be? Yeah, yeah. So there's the European model, and there's the U.S. um, model, which is called the GFS. The European model, which generally is more accurate, says no snow, Seattle. Sorry, it's it's going to Portland. Um, The American model says, nah, not so fast. You know, Seattle probably will still get several inches. So there is, there is a high degree of uncertainty. Um, And just, you know, sort of anecdotally from, you know, tracking the weather all these years, um, I think I can say that, you know, these things never pan out exactly as predicted. There are always surprises. So as of, you know, Wednesday, it looks like Seattle might not get much snow and Portland might get a bunch. That could all change. You know, there, it's snow forecasting is very, very tricky around here. So if you are pro snow in Seattle, I think there are going to be quite a few chances um, in the next few days. So no need to cry in your beard. I'm glad you brought up how difficult it is to forecast in this area. Let's talk about why that is, because it's not just about disappointment. It's actually about really trying to be accurate, and it, and it's just hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think, honestly, the two biggest problems are the mountains and the water, right? The mountains and the ocean. Um, you know, if you're in Kansas or whatever, and a blast of cold air is coming down from the north, you know, there's there's no mountains to block it. There's no ocean to moderate it. Here we have both, right? So it's always kind of tricky how much of the cold air, you know, that these models show, how much of that realistically is going to actually make it through the gaps in the mountains and down into the sound. And then once it gets down into Puget Sound, you know, you're right next to, uh, you know, 
relatively warm, <laughs> 45 degree or so, but, you know, warmer than 32 degree um, body of water. And so that tends to, you know, kind of warm things up a bit. And that's why, you know, if a lot of times, um, you know, if you're at sea level in Ballard, you know, you might see a cold rain and you, you go up the hill a bit, Crown Hill or whatever, and all of a sudden it turns over to snow. Just the changes in elevation, the topography, just all, it just leads to lots of microclimates. I feel like I live in one of those microclimates because I live in the north end here up in North Seattle. And if I look up the street sometimes to Maple Leaf, it's snowy and it isn't down here and vice versa sometimes depending on which direction the the front is coming from so yeah very interesting justin you know we just experienced the warmest december on record you know like just a few weeks ago we were talking to deputy state climatologist karen bumbacco about how we're in an el nino year which typically means warmer winters but now we'll be below freezing for three straight days what's happening here i like to say that el nino is typically the kiss of death for snowfall in Seattle, except when it's not, right? Um, <laughs> it's, you know, gives me an out. But it's interesting because if you go back, um, I was doing some digging last night, and you look at the historical record, and you go and you look at like the past ten El Ninos that we've had in Seattle, eight of them, you know, nothing in terms of snow, zero, nada, just just you know, we're totally blanked in the snow department, and then the other two, twenty inches. So wow. I think it's one of those cases, um, you know, where the odds don't equal the outcome, right? It's like the odds are heavily in favor of a warm winter and no snow. But, you know, as the historical record indicates, there's a 20% chance that, oh, maybe instead of it being really warm, we'll get an icy blast. We'll have a big snowstorm. Um so you can't really discount that probability. That said, I also think to your point about having the warmest December ever, it certainly seems like our weather is getting a little more extreme. I can't think off the top of my head of, you know, any examples in the past of where we've had a record warm winter month followed by, you know, four days in the 20s. You know, normally if you have a record warm December, you're probably going to have a very darn warm January and a very darn warm February. And that's not happening. So th there is some kind of question, you know, maybe is, is climate change playing a role in all of this? You know, is it making it more easy to flip from super warm to super cold and vice versa? Um, I think the jury is still out on that. Um, but it, it definitely is, is unusual. And it's definitely, you know, quite the whiplash. Well, we don't see cold like this very often, so maybe we should remind people how to prepare. I know I'm pulling my maidenhair fern in for the next few days because she won't make it through. It's funny you say that because I was thinking this is almost the worst case scenario for plants, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and people and out people. there. Not to mention people. Um, certainly, you know, just extremely cold temperatures. It may not snow, but this cold means business. Um, you know, we're looking at highs in the 20s, lows in the teens. It's probably not going to get above freezing from, you know, Friday morning until maybe Sunday night. Um, so I definitely think, yeah, pull in your plants. Don't let your pets outside. Um, there's certainly um, precautions to take, you know, if you're a homeowner or whatnot with wrapping your pipes, exposed pipes, faucets, things like that. I would just recommend to like if you are out driving, I mean, maybe the roads are going to be fine because it's not going to snow. But 
you know, if your car breaks down or something, you know, make sure that you've got, you know, a heavy coat, you've got mittens, a hat, you know, just be prepared in the event you get stuck that, you know, you're able to warm up because it's going to be, you know, 25 degrees out even in the daytime. I'm talking to you, uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers in the Seattle area who I still see in snow and no coats. This is not weather to be trifled with. We're just not used to it. Justin, if we do get some snow, which, you know, I haven't said until this point, I kind of hope we do. It's always a fun chance to get out and do stuff. Where do you go to enjoy winter snow in Seattle? I always find Gasworks, um, one of the better places. Oh, nice yeah, you know, they have those little hills. Um, and I just love the juxtaposition between, you know, the snow and then Lake Union. Like, it's just crazy seeing snow piled, you know, right up to the the shoreline. You know, and you go sledding down the hill, it almost looks like you're going to go right into the lake. So, yeah, that's a favorite spot of mine. All right. Justin Shaw is the author of the Seattle Weather Blog. Always like checking in. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on, Patricia. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now, and extra thanks to the generous listeners who financially support this show. Today's episode was produced by Claire McGrain. Our production team also includes Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Vaughn Jones. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.